God does that each and every day throughout the world. He's healing people. And it's really nice to hear about it from someone who got it. And God is good, and Quincy is bold. <laughs> We're told to be like children, aren't we? To have faith like children. And a four-year-old, four-year-old? Four years old. Lead someone to the front for prayer. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. She's a credit to you guys. Well, how is everyone? We might start by, um, Gary used to do this all the time. Get up and say hello to someone that you haven't seen for a while or that you don't know. We'll spend a couple of minutes doing that. Can we have a little bit of music, Hayley, while that happens? Just a couple of minutes. It's my ears, eh? Short message, pad. This is the 10-second call. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Awesome. Second call for Pete and Rich. We'll still be talking. 50 minutes. Nah. That's awesome. Well, uh, this morning, uh, the title of my message is Hope for Today. You know, we're living in a world and we can sit around and say, this is encouragement for you, for the people around you. I'm not necessarily saying that you're feeling like this, but we are living in a busy world. We're living in a world that is getting busier and busier. It's busier today than it was yesterday, and it's busier now than it has been throughout the history of mankind. We're living in a busy world. And just in the last couple of years, we can see a rapid acceleration in the way that the world works and the way that the world moves. We're seeing symptoms of a society that is lacking in hope. Advancements in technology around communications and information means that we're being bombarded constantly with communication and information about events that are happening around the world, in your community, in your workplace, in your church, amongst your friends and family. We carry devices that are connected to a network 24 hours a day and 7 days a week. They give us instant access to everything that's happening around us. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't carry a smartphone, good for you. But you are no doubt connected with people who carry a smartphone that is connected to a network that runs 24 hours, 7 days a week, and they are telling you what's happening around the world. It's impossible 
to miss it unless you're Brent McFarlane, you're living on a farm in the middle of nowhere, you have no access to anything. Brent's ahead of the game. But the symptoms that we're seeing, and you know, I work in a job where I spend one hour at a time with 25 to 30, 30 people a week. We have staff, we have over 400 members in our gym, so we're connected with a lot of people and we're seeing symptoms like stress and anxiety, depression, discouragement, distraction. I'm coming across people that go for a holiday to get away from things, to relax, come back just as fatigued as when they left. People whose minds are so busy they can't even sleep at night. That's a big one at the moment. People who feel like they've been attacked, one attack after another. One attack finishes, another one starts. One attack finishes, another one starts. We're living in a busy world, and the world needs hope. You can see it in every area of our society. And I read this. It said that in a society that is lacking hope, truth will be minimized, life will be trivialized, immorality is popularized, sin is glamorized, and God is marginalized. Tell me if we're not seeing that in our society right now. Truth is minimized, life is trivialized, immorality is popularized, sin is glamorized, and God is marginalized. We can see it in our education system. We can see it in our government. We can see it in the laws that they're making. We can see it all around us, can't we? But we don't get our hope from the person that's sitting in the beehive. We get our hope from the man who survived the cross. Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Deliverer. That's where we get our hope from. That's where we get hope for today. That's where we get that God kind of hope. We're surrounded by people who are lacking hope. You know, in the Bible, there's a guy called Job. And Job is an honorable man. He's a God-fearing man. He has right standing with God. He does everything he can to be a good child of God. And God allows him to be tested by the enemy. Tested in ways that we couldn't even understand. The pressures that he was facing were far above probably anything we could understand. And so Job started looking at his circumstances. And in chapter 7, verse 6, Job says this. He says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are without hope. My days are getting so fast. My head is so busy with worry and concern over which attack is going to come next. Over what's going to fail next. That I can't even sleep. In fact, in the book of Job, it says that his head is so full of worry that he can't sleep. It says that his days are moving swifter than a weaver's shuttle. I imagine that's the thing that goes backwards and forwards and knits the fabric together and it moves pretty quick. He's really fast at shuttles. I reckon Ray's probably faster. Are you faster at the shuttles, Ray? He's not. <laughs> he's saying he's not. <laughs> that's fast. His days are going by so fast because he's so full of worry and he is without hope. Some of us may be feeling that. Some of us may have felt it. Some of us may have gone through seasons where that's where we were living. We may not have even known it. 
we're talking about hope. And in the following chapter, uh, Job's friend Bildad, he's trying to encourage Job. He does like this inspirational speech. He's trying to lift Job up. But he says this, in chapter 8, verse 13, he says, those who forget God have no hope. Those who forget God have no hope. Christians and non-Christians alike, if you are moving away from God, if you've gone cold on God, if you're not making the things of God a priority in your life, then you will have less hope or no hope. So the opposite of that is true, right? If your priority is to spend your life dedicated to God, if your direction is that you're trying to move closer to God each and every day, you're praying with God, you're communing with God, you're being guided by the Holy Spirit, your authority is Jesus Christ, then you will be filled with hope. And you will breathe hope and speak hope and preach hope everywhere that you go. You will be the encourager to the ones that are around you that don't have hope. In a society that is lacking hope, you will be filled with hope. Because God is the giver of hope. He's the giver of real hope. God gives us hope for today. Now that's a key. Because you, when you're feeling like you don't have hope, just press closer to God. You see, Job needed to take his eyes off his circumstances. Everything was coming at him. But God's a restorer, isn't he? God restores. And God saw his heart and God restored. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in God. That's hope for today. Now this is a key because we're surrounded by people who don't have hope. The answer is to draw nearer to God. This is going to be a pretty short message. So the definition of hope in the dictionary is this. It says an expectation or a desire for a particular thing to happen. That's what the dictionary says. Hope is an expectation or a desire for a particular thing to happen. The biblical definition could be this. Hope is an expectation or a desire for something to happen, a particular thing to happen, that is anchored by the Word of God. That's real hope. Hope is an expectation or a desire for a particular thing to happen that is anchored by the Word of God. The first definition is kind of optimism. It's wishful thinking. Now, there's nothing wrong with an optimist. I'd much rather be surrounded by people who say that the glass is half full than people that are saying that the glass is half empty. But it's wishful thinking. I'll give you a, an example. You're running late for something. There's a red light. There was a movie with Whoopi Goldberg in it where she blew on the light and it turned green. You're coming up to the red light and you wish that it would turn green. You hope that it would turn green. That's not hope for today. That's wishful thinking. That's optimism. Real hope is when I'm hoping for healing and I anchor it in 1 Peter 2.24. That's real hope. I'm hoping for healing and I anchor it in 1 Peter 2.24 20, which tells me that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's the hope that we have to anchor in. The word of God which is truth, the word of God which never returns void, 
that's real hope and that's a key for us. Because when you're speaking to someone who doesn't have hope, you can tell them that hope comes from God. True hope. Hope that they can rely on. And Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, doesn't it? Thank you, Pastor Robin. <laughs> faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. There is no faith without hope. Faith is the substance of the expectation or desire for a particular thing to happen that is anchored by the Word of God. That's how faith is activated. You must have hope first. Don't stand in faith if your hope is not anchored in the Word of God. That's God's process. Both of those things, hope and faith, tell us that we have to know the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hope is an expectation or a desire for a particular thing to happen that is anchored in the Word of God. We can get nearer to God. We can become closer with God. We can have a more intimate relationship with God by living by His Word, can't we? Because His Word is truth. In a society that is without hope, the truth is minimized. We should be celebrating that. Because we know the truth. We're living in a world that doesn't know the truth. We're living in a world that has a term that says fake news. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. You can't believe what you read. You can't believe what you hear, but you can believe the Word of God because it's the truth. That's where true hope comes from. People need to hear this stuff. I know you're doing it already. This is just an encouragement. The world needs hope. It needs hope for today. So we found our hope. Our dream. It's anchored in the word of God. We've now activated our faith. There's still a path or a process. There's still a time lapse before God delivers, isn't there? And my brother spoke about uh, Stay on the Path last week, which he stole from Darcy. <laughs> God is saying, sing in key, Darcy. No. No. no, we are blessed to have Darcy in this church. His voice is, uh, his voice is amazing. It's a gift. <laughs> See, there's even a time lapse between when I started the message and when I finish the message God has to prepare you for where you're going you've got your hope an expectation or a desire for a particular thing to happen anchored by the word of God you've activated your faith here but it's delivered there it's easy to grow impatient throughout that process maybe it's taking too long for your liking I'll give you the tip God does not work on your timeline God doesn't even work on the world's timeline. The very first revelation I got of God was uh, in a book called 40 Days of Purpose. Should have been the Bible, 
but it was a book called 40 Days of Purpose. And there was one line in it that said that this life, this mortal life, this life on earth, is but a drop in the bucket on the timeline of everlasting life. Because God's time starts here and goes forever. He's not moved by days, weeks, months, or years. His timing isn't the same as ours. It's just perfect. That's all. His timing is perfect. Don't preempt God. Let's not become impatient on the way to his delivery. You see, faith doesn't make it easy. It makes it possible. Faith makes it happen. We can become discouraged and distracted along the way. But those things are important. You see, have you ever prayed for something, you've ever hoped for something, put your faith in it, arrived at it two years later, three years later, and looked back and thought, man, I needed that time. I needed to grow into this position. I needed some things to happen before I got here. You see, we don't know that, but God knows all things. He knows the movements around you. He knows the conversations that are happening when you're not there. God's timing is perfect. There's a process of spiritual growth that we have to go through. It's not always going to be an instant healing. It's not always going to be an instant answer to your prayer. But he will answer. His word does not return void. His word is the truth. And if you anchor your hope in the truth, then he will deliver. Sometimes there's growth that has to happen before we get there. Don't be swayed. You know, I heard this. God only delivers to Faith Street. I heard this from someone else. <clears throat> when you find your hope, your expectation or desire for a particular thing to happen, you anchor it in the Word of God, and you activate your faith, you activate it at Faith Street. That's where God's delivering to, is Faith Street. If you move out to Doubt Avenue, or Discouragement Boulevard, or I've Had Enough Road, you will not receive what God has for you. <clears throat> because when he gets to Faith Street, you're not there anymore. It is good. I wish it was mine, but it's not. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I've learned a lot of things from my brother. <laughs> it's hard to have a brother that's like Teflon. <laughs> no matter what you throw at him, it never sticks. It comes straight back at you. I spent my whole life trying to be funny and getting slapped back in the face. You know, we used to say, if you gave Rich a jab, you'd get a right hook back because he's too quick. I just gave up trying. If you put your faith in your hope, stay on Faith Street. Don't move out. Don't give up. You just have to be heading in the right direction. You can fall off. You can have doubts along the way, but you must get back on the path. You must come back to the direction that God has asked you to head in. Everybody falls off. Everybody has flaws. Everybody in this room is broken. Sorry to break it to you, but we are. Put your hope in God and activate your faith. If you do that, you are going to be the solution to the world's problems, to the people around you who can't sleep, people around you who are stressed out and anxious, people who are hoping for something 
but don't know where to put their hope. Just being around them, you'll breathe hope on them. You elevate people. Pass it on. I remember him saying there was only two battles, the battle of faith and the battle for the mind. The enemy can only attack you in your mind. Stay with the word of God and the line will not be broken. Stick with the word of God. Keep it in your heart and stand on it. Do not waver and the enemy will not have his way in your mind. We are children of God. We're brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ. Our Father created this universe. Don't let the enemy tell you anything different. We have authority through Jesus Christ, right? Through the precious blood of Jesus. We carry the power of God inside us. So if you want to anchor yourself in something, anchor it in the Word of God. I've got a few scriptures here that I'm going to read out that are things that you could anchor yourself to. And your homework is to go home and think about the hopes that you have, the hopes and dreams, no matter how big, no matter how small, and anchor them in the Word of God. And know that God is then on your side, that His Word doesn't return void, that His Word is truth, and your hope, which is activated by faith, your dream will be delivered. In God's timing. Anchor your hope in the promises of God. If you need God's love, and His love is in this room right now, if you need the love of God, then go to Psalm 105. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Not just in your generation, but in your children's generation, in your children's children's generation, and for generations to come. His goodness endures forever. That's something you can anchor yourself to. If you need healing, go to 1 Peter 2.24, where it tells you that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Believe that. Believe what God says. Let's believe what God says. If you need strength to endure, if you're going through something right now, if you feel like it's been forever, then go to Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's a promise from God. God doesn't renege on his promises. Tucker talked about God being our provider in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's what the Word of God says, the God that we worship. The God that we just stood here and worshipped says that. He says it about you. That's something special. We have something to put our hope in. In a world that is lacking in hope. If you need peace, guess what Jesus says? In John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give, give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. Despite our circumstances, despite what's going on around us, despite what was going on around Job, Jesus promises peace. He promises you a decent night's sleep. 
He promises you days that aren't filled with worry. He promises you that the attacks, if they're coming one after the other, will finish. And that God will restore everything. If you're wanting to answer to prayer, Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. If you are hoping for something, if you have an expectation or a desire for a particular thing to happen that is anchored in the Word of God, activate your faith, and it will be yours. This is the simple gospel. This is the simple Word of God. <laughs> this is actually simple. All of these ones are scriptures that we all have heard before. We all know them. If you need hope, Jeremiah 29.11, which is a foundation scripture here at the center. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God does not set you up to fail. God is saying there, whatever dreams you have, anchor them in me, anchor, me, anchor them in the word of God, and I will give you a future and a hope. Whatever dream you have in your heart right now, it's not too big for God. We all sit here and, you know, we're all just average people, we're all normal people. But God is going to use someone in this room, if not everyone in this room, to do something amazing and great for him, for his purpose. Everybody is capable of that. I'm not saying you don't know that already, but if you have a dream, dream big. God has more for you. God likes to take us from level to level, from glory to glory. He doesn't leave us static. In fact, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth that said, if you're the same today as you were yesterday with God, you're backsliding. There's no such thing as static. We're always moving forward. The Center Church is a family on a mission. We're a family on the move. We're moving forward. We move forward with God. We don't stand still. Vision of the church is to be faith-filled, Christ-centered, and kingdom-minded. That's our vision. You can't do that standing still. You can't be kingdom-minded sitting in this room. You can be equipped in this room. You can unify in this room. But you can't be kingdom-minded just sitting here, unless you're sitting on Wi-Fi, <laughs> preaching to the world from a phone. Can be done. <laughs> the promises of God are truth. And if you are listening, or you know someone that's listening, who needs hope, but doesn't know God yet through Jesus Christ, then the promise for you is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son the most precious thing in his universe, so that all who believed in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. The everlasting life we just spoke about. The everlasting life where the believers in this room are going to spend eternity together. Think about that. Look around the room at the believers in this room. We're spending eternity together. When we die, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> Someone shared. That's awesome. Thank you. It's the truth. Think about it. Everlasting life. I'm spending it with Pastor Pete and Pastor Lisa, Pastor Robin. Spending it with Darcy. Spending it with Shane. Spending it with my brother on stage here with me, Richard Jabo. We all want to share eternity with Richard Jabo. Wouldn't that be amazing? Waking up to his encouraging words. Smiling face. 
No doubt he's already bought us a coffee. <laughs> I'm not so sure about the gluten-free stuff, but... It's a simple message. In a world that needs hope, in a, world, in a society where truth has been minimized, where lives have been trivialized, where immorality has now been popularized, where sin is glamorized, and where God is marginalized, you are the hope of the world through Jesus Christ, your Savior. And the Word of God is still truth. There is nothing, nothing fake about the Word of God. It still carries power. I believe it carries more power today than it ever has. I believe that God is going to explode in this world. I believe that there's going to be a move of God like nothing that has happened ever before. And when that happens, that people are going to flock to hear more about God. The ministry, yes, it has. The ministry that you have in your heart, the dream that you have, is going to come alive like that. You're not going to have to go out on the street looking for people to speak to. They're going to be running to you. And that's exciting. Because we make God our priority. We pray to God. We commune with God. We're guided by the Holy Spirit. And we see Jesus Christ as our ultimate authority. And we are longing. Our expectation and desire it's for God to just splash down on this planet like he never has before. That's our desire. That's my desire. That's my dream. I want to see that. I want to be a part of that. Praise God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you are the giver of hope, Lord. That your word elevates and encourages. That you heal the brokenhearted, Lord God. That your hope gives us, gives us a plan and a future. I thank you, Lord God, for every person in this room. I thank you, Father, that they are filled with hope. I thank you that they're already encouraging those around them. I thank you, Lord God, that when they speak, they breathe hope over everyone that surrounds them. Everyone that comes in contact with them, Lord God, they are breathing hope on them. In every connection, with every person, every person in this room who has ever lacked in hope, their hope is refilled, Lord God, in your word. Father, we're so grateful, Lord God, for who you are and who we are through you, Lord God. Father, we thank you for the power of your word that changes and transforms lives. Praise God. Praise God. That's the word finished, but it's not the service finished. Sharon, would you like to bring the team back up, please? You know, when, when you're preparing to do anything in the church, probably every day for you guys, but when you're preparing to do anything, you're just, you're just praying that you don't get in the way of what God wants to do. 
It's easy to start loving what you're saying, what you're singing. But it's not us. It's never us. It's God. Our desire is for God to have his way in this place, to have his way in our lives, to not miss it, to not be a distraction to someone else, to not get in the way of it. And so we're just going to need the team to start singing anything they want. And I just want everybody in this room to focus on God, and I want you to remember your first encounter with God. The first time you met Jesus Christ, when your life changed forever. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Not for me, but to yield to the Spirit of God. Just focus on that first time. How you felt after you received Jesus Christ. We're just going to sing, and if you want to come to the front for prayer, my brother is going to run the front here. And let's just see where God takes this. My hope is that we leave here free of anything that we bought in that isn't of God. My hope is that we leave here refilled with the Spirit of God, to overflowing, that God just continues to invade this room and invade this room until it's overflowing. And we go out into the world and, and we speak hope over every person that we come into contact with. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.